Hey there, thanks so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to be where we are, that you, in fact, want to help us to prepare for when we stand before you that day, that you want to teach us, that you want us to know what you're thinking and how you're feeling, and you want us to know our present state how you see us and, and where we're actually at in our relationship with you. We love you, praise you for teaching us. We give you the platform, so to say. We give you all the glory. Just teach us today, Lord. We love you. We love you so much. He's so good, so I am so in love with him. This morning, I woke up to, the king is coming, the king is coming, the king is coming. And so God is really getting us ready to anticipate his return. I didn't know that at first, but, you know, I it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I was sleeping and then you think about it later. I was getting ready to prepare my message today, and he gives me a message every day. I don't come up with anything on my own. It's him. And so I usually just start out with what the thing, with the thing that he gave me. So I started writing, the king is coming, the king is coming, the king is coming. And then he started showing me that we need to anticipate his return. You know, most people think, oh yeah, I've heard that forever, and and, you know, it has been forever, but we don't know the day or the hour. And it sure seems to me that he's been preparing us for his return. But also says in John, it starts out that um, saying that, uh, I mean, Revelation, where John had that vision. And um, it is said that he is coming and he's coming quickly. And so whatever the case is, he right now today in this time is telling us that he is coming and that we need to be prepared for his return. And so he's encouraging us to be anxious today about his return, to anticipate that return, to be excited that he's coming. So can you imagine what that's gonna be like? We're gonna hear that trumpet blow. And we're going to see Jesus. It says every eye is going to see him. What are we going to do? Are we going to just like fall to our knees? Are we going to freak out? Are we going to like run around in circles? Are we going to be screaming? What are we going to do? Have you ever thought about that? What it's going to be like when he comes? I know the Bible says that some people, the people that have rejected him, they're going to be just like wailing and crying and running and hiding from him. And that has to be scary. What are we going to do while we're watching that? Are we going to be just so captivated by looking at Jesus? And I was thinking about this and I was writing and all of a sudden I had this thought of him kind of like wishing by me, sort of kind of in a weird way and kind of winking like that and saying, be right back. And, you know, because he's going to do stuff when he gets here. He's going to speak his word. That's his sword. And so it's going to be thrilling. And I really believe he's telling us to start anticipating it, start imagining it, and even seeking him and what it's going to be like and what we're supposed to do. Because many of us are going to be excited. We're going to be so excited. And we're going to know even from maybe something he said to us that morning, like this morning, should have I anticipated that? I wondered that. The king is coming, the king is coming, the king is coming. Was I supposed to, was that my word? 
you know, we're not going to know the day or the hour, but he's talking to us all the time. He's telling us he's coming. And so is he going to say, okay, it's today? It's today? Or is he going to say something that when he does come, then all of a sudden it's going to click that, oh, wow, he was showing me that he's coming. I just think it's going to be really exciting. And even this journey of getting ready, him telling us things, revealing things to us, getting us ready. We've been looking at Revelation 3.19. And I think this is part of that correction because it says, those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and earnest and um, burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and your attitude. So we shouldn't be dreading him coming, right? And we should be excited and we shouldn't be the ones, in fact, the Bible talks about, um, I'm pretty sure it's judgment of those who just say, oh yeah, I've heard that and they're not getting ready. And we know the five virgins weren't getting ready. They nodded off and Jesus had already come, the trumpet blew, and then they were knocking at the door, and he said, I'm not acquainted with you. And so um, in Revelation, it says there is going to be a door, and and so I'm thinking that's the door he's talking about, and I don't know and understand everything, but I know that Jesus is showing me stuff, and I'm excited to learn it. It's an exciting journey. And so anyway, that anticipation, I think, is our correction today, that he's saying we should anticipate it. We should think about it. We shouldn't be thinking, oh, you never know. And then when you lose that thinking, you nod off, right? Because you forget about it and you stop preparing for it. And we are to prepare for it. We have assignments. We all have assignments to prepare for his return. And... um, Whatever that assignment is, he's going to tell you that. And that assignment might be to love someone that is um, seems unlovable. That's an assignment. When he tells us to love our neighbor like ourselves, those are all assignments. Whatever he's telling you to do as being a part of that greater work, that's your assignment. He has assignments for all of us, and we know what they are. And I often talk about this list that I have And um, I know I kind of write it on my hand, but you kind of got to do that. You got to have that vision, knowing what you're supposed to do, if it's writing a book or creating a song or loving someone, wherever you're at. And I I believe you're always going to have at least five things on your list. And sometimes it just takes us so long to obey. And But we got to get going. We got to get ready and anticipate that. And I was thinking... Well, if I woke up today and I knew he was coming today, I'd be on my face all day repenting because I know I don't have my stuff done. And then I thought, well, if I knew it, if I had a week, then I was thinking I probably wouldn't sleep because I'm so far behind. I have nodded off. And he told me that. He told me I was like one of the five virgins. You know, five of them had all their ducks in a row, so to say. They were all prepared. They were ready. They had their, their assignment done. And the other five had nodded off. And Jesus said to them, I'm not acquainted with you. And we don't want him to say that to us. So we have to get excited. I believe our correction today is he's saying, get excited, anticipate it, think about it all the time. And I have to say, I've been thinking about it all the time, almost every day, 
not even almost every day, every day since I had that audible um, correction. And I want to read it to you in case you hadn't heard it. And this is about, um, I would say, two weeks ago. I should check. But the hour of Jesus has come. I woke up out of bed hearing the hour of Jesus has come. And the Holy Spirit, it wasn't me. I thought it was at first, but the Holy Spirit said, what does that mean? Jesus, Lord, what does that mean? And I heard the hour of testing has come. And then um, two days later, a great hour of testing is at hand. And then at the same time, just a few seconds later, he said, I'm frustrated, obey me. And so he's preparing us. He's calling us to be ready. It hurts him. It grieves him that he would come and we weren't ready. He wants us to be ready. Um, the other thing that um, I was thinking about this morning when he was talking to me, and I hadn't realized this before, but in Matthew seven twenty one through 23, he said, many on that day are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. And he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you you who practice lawlessness. And he started showing me that it was actually like an argument. If you ever were around somebody that wanted to constantly argue the gospel, well, I think this and I think that, and we're not even to do that. And it doesn't even matter what we think, what our opinion is, but he was showing me that is that kind of person. And that's why he hates pride, because that kind of person, um, and, and we're all judging ourselves today. We all are. We're not picking anybody out. Jesus is the one who's going to be picking us out. And he's going to be the one that's going to reject us or receive us. But I'm just giving you the scenario. What he's saying is that kind of person is the kind of person that's argumentative and prideful. And that's why he doesn't like pride. And so that kind of person is um, always arguing, always having their opinion to be right. And our opinion does not matter. It doesn't. It's God's opinion, Jesus's opinion. And so we're not going to be able to stand before him. And I can't imagine on that day standing before him. And, you know, I shouldn't even say that. I don't know, because it could be kind of like a begging thing. But today he was showing me it was an argument. But Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. And he's not going to argue. He's going to say, I didn't know you. I wasn't acquainted with you. Now, I'm, I'm just thinking right now, what if it's a person that's begging? If it's a person that's begging, then maybe that person is more humble than the person that is arguing, right? Because if, if, if you're begging, I think you're, you're not prideful and you're not thinking you got your own opinion and I don't know how it's going to go. It was just a thought. But he was showing me this morning that we can't be prideful. That's why... He doesn't like a prideful person. He, he hates pride because if you're prideful, he can't tell you anything. He can't correct you. And so I was sharing with you that um, I always ask him, since the first time he told me I wasn't ready for his return, I ask him to correct me. I say, Lord, please correct me. Lord, correct me. And well, actually, I, now that I think about it, it started when my son was born with a birth defect. And he told me that he couldn't do anything. Catch that. He said he couldn't do anything. 
And I didn't understand what it meant at the time, but later I learned is because he didn't obey me because I didn't obey him. If we don't obey him, we're not right with him. Then he's not our Lord. Then we're prideful and we're living by our own opinion, our own our own standards. And really, we're 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 no we're no different than Satan. We're no different than the enemy, because he wants to live his way, and that's why um, he got kicked out of heaven to begin with. And so we can't move in with God if we have our own, own opinion. If we don't agree with him, he said that to me. He said, "My people think they're all going to move in with me, and yet they don't agree with me. They don't have time for me, right?" And how are we going to move in with someone that we don't agree with or have time for? And the other thing he said, they don't know me. If we're prideful, how are we going to know him? We're not. you know. And so um, that person that is arguing with Jesus is a prideful person. That's what he was showing me. And so being a prideful person is a person that has their own opinion, and it's not going to win. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It matters what his opinion is. After all, you're moving in with him. He's not moving in with you. And he wouldn't move in with you. He won't even live on the inside of you unless you're in agreement with him. He said if you heed his voice, that he would come in and dine with you. He would make his home inside of you. But you got to be in agreement. And that doesn't mean that you got to be perfect. Like when you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, because he makes you perfect. When he when he lives on the inside of you and you're in agreement with him, when you take heed to his voice, then you're just you're just agreeing to following after him. You're you're in agreement with what he says goes. You're in agreement that um, his opinion counts and that he is higher and his way is higher than your way. And so if we're not in agreement with Jesus, we're going to be in that category where he's going to say, I didn't know you, you who practice lawlessness. And so being prideful, we're pretty much on our own. And so we want to humble ourselves. And isn't that what he said? He said, if my people would humble themselves. And that means we got to stop depending on ourselves. We have to stop making our own rules. He gave me a word last Saturday that said that. He said, we're making our own rules. We've broken every law. And he's not going to put up with that much longer. He calls it evil. And he has the good way. He has the love way. His way is love. And so why wouldn't we want to agree agree with love? And um, we talked about the person that would be wailing and crying and and, and just knowing they weren't right with God and running from him and hiding from him. And, you know, that's just a person that just thinks they're right as well. They're prideful and they're not bowing down to God. And I don't know a person like that. I don't um, understand how anyone could for, forbid someone to love them. And... Um, you know, just take the chance to get to know God. I don't understand that. And um, so I can't say much about that, except that I, I know that what God is saying is we're all going to be naked before him, meaning everything about us is going to show. That prideful person that you might be is going to show up um, arguing with Jesus or running because they know that they're not right with Jesus. 
And so um, I don't think it'll be any surprise, having said that, I don't think it'll be any surprise that we'll have to be doing any begging because we're already going to know. He's already going to make it clear to us. We're already going to know that um, we're not right with him. And so, you know, maybe you're thinking, well, how am I I going to be right with him? How can I be sure? How can I know what my assignments are? And I want to say to you, if you're that person, that um, you need to get to know him for yourself. And you need to ask him those questions. You can't depend upon a man to be right with Jesus. When Jesus um, gave up his life, then the Holy Spirit is offered to us, his spirit to come and live on the inside of us and to be constantly there, to be our God, to be our, our teacher. And he's going to talk to you. He's going to teach you. He's going to, you're going to know exactly what you're supposed to do. And on that day when he shows up, you're going to know exactly what you didn't do. And we're all going to be judged on that day accordingly. And so when you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, if you never have before, I'm going to say a prayer with you. The first thing you want to do is binge on the Word of God. If you don't know Jesus, start in Matthew and then just binge. Just spend a couple days or whatever it takes. I mean, we have lots of free time right now and get to know Him so that you can find out what you need to know. He is the key. It's not, someone can't tell you. You can't like just, you know, cheat at this one. You, you can't have somebody else do all the footwork for you. You got to do it. You got to get to know him. It has to be a relationship with you and him so that when you stand before him, um, maybe he'll wink at you and say, I'll be right back. We have conversation every day. You know, we have this, we have this relationship. That's what you want. You don't want to like when he comes, just like be totally um, not knowing who he is, but only just knowing that now you're naked, all your faults, all your sins are, your sin is right there and it's too late and there's nothing you can do about it. And on that day, it will be too late. Now is the time to get to know Jesus. And that's why he's giving us so much warning. And he is very gracious, very kind. He, I noticed that about him. He gives us lots of time to prepare, but that time is, I believe, running out. And that's why he's so strongly saying, get ready, get excited. And I started to tell you that if I knew I had a week that I probably wouldn't sleep and try to get everything done, and I know I would still not have everything done. Um, and I don't, I don't know the result of how that would be. But um, then I was thinking if I had five years or even three years, then I would just get super serious about getting all those assignments done and and think that maybe I have enough time to do that. And I believe that's how gracious he is. I'm thinking we might have a few years, but I don't know. Don't quote me. I don't know the day or the hour. I'm hoping I got more than a week. I'm hoping we have more than a day or two just because I want to have all my assignments done. I don't want to have to stand before him and say, I'm sorry. And I don't want to take the chance of him closing the door on me and and saying, I'm not acquainted with you. We got a part. You know, he's coming and we are to prepare the way for him. That's how I feel. I feel like my assignments have to do with preparing the way for him. And so it's not okay not to do them. 
And I didn't know that for the longest time, but he's made it very clear to me that it's not okay not to do what your assignment is. It's not okay not to love that person that you are assigned to love. You know, sometimes you're not in a relationship for the relationship so much as you're in the relationship for the person's salvation. And you got to know that and you get to know that. You know that as you have that relationship with him. And so you can't depend upon a pastor or friend or mom or dad or sister or brother to tell you what you got to do to be right with Jesus. You got to have your own relationship with him. There's no shortcuts. You have to ask him yourself, what do I need to do? to be right with you. So on that day, you don't say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. When you're practicing lawlessness, he's going to tell you, well, he's living on the inside of you. That's what you want. You want to get up every day and get corrected now. You don't want to get corrected on that day. You want to get corrected now. And if you're anticipating him coming, you are going to get up every day. When he told me I wasn't ready and he keeps telling me that he's coming, I started anticipating that. I started out grieving a little bit and feeling sorry for myself. And he said, this is not the time for that. This is the time to get on your horse and get it done because I'm motivating you. I'm warning you. I'm telling you things to come. And the Bible says that he will remind us of things and tell us things to come. And that's where I do my begging. Lord, remind me of what I'm supposed to do. Tell me things to come. Help me to be ready for your return. I don't just assume that I am. And, you know, he he was addressing that um, category as well. You know, that is the prideful person, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, I I did. You know, I did children's church and I, I, um, I was on the worship team and I did this good deed and I did that good deed. And then they're just thinking, I'm good. And that is the person that on that day maybe is going to be saying, well, Lord, I did this. I was on the worship team. I did this. You know, I taught the little children. I did this. I did that. I did the other thing. But, you know, it might not be the thing that he actually told you to do. And then that isn't going to work. Or maybe you did all that, but you did it out of like a religious duty kind of thing. And, and maybe you did all that, but at the same time, you didn't love. You know, so you got to have all your ducks in a row. You do, and you have to grow up. You have to let him grow you up and stop giving excuses. I always see all these excuses. Well, you know, I'm not perfect, but God is working on me. And I feel like God is saying to, to us, I'm living on the inside of you. And if you were anticipating my return, you'd be growing up pretty quick to make sure that on that day that I'm not going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness, or not be ready and say, I'm not acquainted with you. And we know, I believe we're going to know when he shows up, you know, I don't even think that we're going to have much or if any um, physical conversation. We're going to know what he's thinking, just like when you sit with him now, if you never have. You know what he's thinking. He knows what you're thinking. It's a thinking conversation. And, you know, sometimes he talks, you know, but it's still, it's all in your mind and um, in your heart, and you're just knowing what he's saying to you. 
And I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be like when he comes. You know, the, the people that rejected him that are wailing and crying and bawling are going to be, um, I guess I get this from watching the Passion, the Pharisees, they, they were ripping their their clothes. And, and, the, and the Bible does say there's going to be this great earthquake. And um, there was then. And it's going to be scary. And you're just going to know your sin right then and there. But the coolest thing is you can know it now. You can know it now. Um, we're not going to just automatically um, be able to know and do God's way without him. You know, you can't just say that prayer and, and be like those who say, I know the word, I got it, I'm good. And, and, you know, changing things around just so that you feel better, just so that um, your, your flesh can have its way. That's not what it's like at all. You have to get up every morning and say, Lord, correct me. Show me my faults. I want to get them fixed. You have to be willing and obedient to him. You have to humble yourself before him. And realize that he's a person that you're going to plan on. If you're planning on moving in with someday, then um, he has to say so. You're moving in with him. He's not moving in with you. He's not coming to the earth. You're moving in with him. And yes, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And all is going to be glorious and good. And you want to be a part of that. And so you have to be a part of it now. Let him come in on the inside of you and go ahead and start talking to him. And he's going to start talking to you. He said, my sheep follow me. They know my voice and I give them eternal life. So you're just going to be following from him from here to there. It's not going to be any different. And so you want to start doing that now. Get excited. Anticipate it. Start thinking about what it's going to be like when he comes on the clouds and um, ask him, get in conversation with him about it. Read the word of God, find out as much as you can. Every day, get up and say, what do I have to do to be ready to meet with you? And I don't know, you might be someone who's going to leave here before he gets here, but you still need to stand before him and be right with him and be focused on being with him. Every day, I just want to encourage you, every day, get up and say, Lord, what do I have to do to be right with you? Lord, what, what is my assignment? What is it that you're calling me to do for you to make a difference? What is that greater work that you're calling me to do? Maybe you're thinking, well, he's not calling everyone to do greater work. He is. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, which is the most important commandment, is to care about what he cares about. And then the second thing he said is to love your neighbor as yourself. So you put the other person first. And as you're doing that, then you're, if you care about what he cares about and you're going to love other people, that is a greater thing than just sitting around waiting for him to come or just thinking someone else can do it. He said that whoever believes in him, constantly believes in him, we're going to do what he was doing and even greater things. And he loved. And he didn't serve himself. His life wasn't about stuff. His life was about us. And so when our life is about each other, when we're caring about each other's salvation instead of just ourselves and letting our flesh have its way, then we're doing that greater work. 
So if you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you and you want to do that, Revelation 3.20, which I have right here, so I'm going to read it to you. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears and listens and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come in with him and eat with him, and he will eat with me. And then verse 21 says, He who overcomes is victorious. I'll grant him to sit beside me on my throne. I myself over, overcame and was victorious and sat down beside my father on his throne. And so what he's saying is when you ask him to come live on the inside of you and then you overcome, which is what we're talking about today, we're going to overcome and we're going to live in his kingdom right here on the earth. We're going to anticipate him coming. We're going to take the correction that we need to be right with him, represent him and do his greater work. And we're going to resist the enemy and our flesh and all the things he's against. You're going to be an overcomer. When you receive his word, when you believe his truth, you're going to be an overcomer. He's going to, he already overcame. And so all you got to really do is believe in him. So let's say that prayer. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you are knocking at the door of our heart and you want to come in and we just want to receive you right now. We thank you that you would just come in and be with us. And we want to hear your voice. So we want us to teach you, Wanna want you to teach us your way. And help us to be that overcomer. And help us to be um, earnestly excited to have you correct us and show us your way so that we can live with you for all eternity. So that we can be a witness for you here. So that we can show you. You said when you came that if we saw you, we saw the Father. And so I'm asking, Lord, that we would show you. We would show the Father. We would say and do what you would say and do. And that we wouldn't be prideful, but we would be overcomers. We would bow down to your way and learn your way. Thank you so much. We love you. We're so in love with you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in his name, we pray. Amen. He is so good. He's so in love with you. If you ask him to come live on the inside of you, he did. He absolutely did. He told the disciples when he left, he was here physically. And I'm just thinking about him coming here and seeing him again, you know, visiting the earth. Wow. Anyway, he told them he wasn't going to leave them as orphans, that he was going to come back. The Holy Spirit would come. What he, what he said is the Holy Spirit would come and take his place and live on the inside of us. So he's living on the inside of us. We can't physically see him yet, but that's the day we're looking forward to. Anyway, he's going to teach you. He's going to be your counselor, your standby. Don't get caught up in that lie of thinking you can say that prayer and you're good. It's a relationship that you have to have with him. And when you have that relationship, I can't get over that little imagination or vision or whatever I had this morning where, you know, I just saw him looking at me and pretty much saying, I'll be right back because I'm going to get you and we're going to go to heaven and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and it's going to be a glorious day. We got to get excited and we got to make sure that we're excited about our instruction. The, the, our assignment, the thing that we have to do, get excited about it and stop, you know, for a while I was worrying I wasn't going to get it done. And, and I know that God was saying, just believe you'll get it done. In fact, he said that to me one morning. He said, whatever you say will happen. So say it, believe it, 
expect it. Make the time to do what you know he's calling you to do. If you're to be a musician, if you're to be a worship leader, whatever he's calling you to do, just ask him to help you do it. Besides, he said you can't do anything without him. And so ask him to help you to do it. That's the coolest thing. What you can't do, he can do. But you can't be sitting around moaning around and groaning. And, and you know, I hear so many Christians say, um, I can't wait till Jesus gets here. I want to get out of here. I'm so sick of this place. And you know what? That is another prideful statement. And you might be surprised that you may be rejected. So I just want to encourage you, get on your horse, find out what you're supposed to do. That's how God encouraged me. Just do it and stop thinking and worrying and confessing that you're not going to make it or even thinking you're going to make it when you don't even know you're going to make it, when you didn't even have conversation with him, when you think you're going to make it just because you said a prayer. I don't know how many people I have walked up to on the street and said, do you know if you're going to heaven when you leave here? And they don't know. There's no relationship. It's just religion then. You got to know him. There's no shortcuts. You can't go sit on the church pew every week. Right now you can't go at all. But and have someone else to get to know God for you. I always like to say, would you ask someone to get to know your husband or wife for you before you married them? He's the bridegroom. He's coming for his bride. And we got to know who we're marrying. We got to know who we're moving in with. There's no shortcuts. And so if that was you, get on your knees. Get on your knees and repent. Read the word of God. If you don't have a Bible, you can go online, BibleGateway.com. There's all kinds of places you can go and start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and continue on and get to know Jesus. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And that's your part, um, just to even read the Word of God to get to know Him. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing the Word. John 1, 1 says, He is His Word. This is Him. This is how you get to know him. And then when you come in agreement with him, he's going to start talking to you. He's going to start showing himself to you. You're going to have his thoughts. You're going to know his thoughts. He's going to know your thoughts. And you're going to be building that relationship. And then he's going to tell you what you need to do so that when he gets here, you're right with him. If you said that prayer, I'd love it so much if you let me know. Thank you so much for listening to me.